Solution.org podcast community way Q&A episode 453 rolling right along Steve Schmee and the Rickster Ricky V-Rock. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So first, uh, we have five fun topics coming your way, guys. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is staying on steroids easier. So this guy says, he says, one thing he's noticed is staying on steroids is a hell of a lot easier than cycling on and off. He said he gave up the whole going on and off thing. He says he thinks he's just going to stay on 500 milligrams a week cruise and then blast two grams of gear for 20 weeks and then go back to a 500 milligrams of cruising. He says that staying big year round and everyone looking at me when I walk into a room is what he likes. So, um, yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing, you know, what he says, you know, just the title of, of, of what he says, staying on steroids easier, just, just that, you know, that pretty much sets the tone for this guy's, you know, mentality with things. Um, everything has to be easy. You know, um, I remember like, you know, in, um, in college, you'd always have these guys that would, they'd sign out for the Mickey Mouse classes. You know, they they sign off for the classes they knew they wouldn't have to do term papers for and, and a lot of um, research and a lot of studying for. And it's an easy A, you know. And what did they really get out of college? Nothing. They graduate college and then they get into the real world and they have no fucking clue what the hell is going on. So, you know, it's about challenging yourself. And, you know, steroid use is the same thing. And are you going to get better results long-term by just abusing your body and just running a, a crap load of gear, cruising 500 milligrams a week and then blasting two grams for 20 weeks. I mean, that's just not going to fly. Uh, your body is going to break down over time. And we look, look, the evidence is, is there. Uh, we're seeing all these bodybuilders dropping dead. We're seeing guys getting heart attacks in their thirties. We're seeing bodybuilders dying in their, in their mid forties now. That's so that's their max age is 45, 46 years old. And then they drop dead. I mean, this is what's going to happen to you in this situation. Your organs can't handle that type of strain, your liver, your kidneys, your heart. And we know that abusing steroids also affects the brain as well. I mean, that's just the reality. So, I mean, all your organs in your body are going to take a beating. Your prostate's going to take a beating. Your skin's going to take a beating. Um, it's going to age you. It's going to age you quicker when you, it's going to reduce your lifespan. And, um, you know, that's the bottom line. Those of you who listen to this podcast, you're smart. You, you've run full circle to stuff. We're not going to sit here and, and, and tell you steroids are these wonderful things and steroids should be, you know, sold at the local drugstore. You should be able to walk in there and buy Trenbolone and, and all these different steroids, you know, we're not going to sit here and tell you that. You know, we're going to tell you that these are very powerful hormones and they need to be respected. So for you to say staring on steroids easier, it's like, it's like no shit. Yeah, it is easier. But the thing is, are you going to end up living, you know, a long, prosperous life? Who's going to end up looking better at 55? You're going to, you're going to be a skeleton at 55 because you're going to be buried in the ground at 55. You know, so you got to think, you got to think a little bit long term here. It's not sustainable to, to do something like that. And your body has ways to punish you in life for, for overdoing things. 
I don't care if you overtrain. I don't care if you overstress. I don't care if you abuse steroids. When you abuse your body mentally or physically, and in this case, that's what you're doing, it's going to catch up to you eventually. Your body has ways to punish you. So it's gonna, you're going to end up not even being able to work out because your body's going to be so sick inside. So just, you know, that, you know, that's, that's how it is. But Rick, what's your perspective on this? We always talk to guys about responsible use and just putting yourself on TRT at any age, it's, it's not responsible. It's not, it's, not, it's not what it's supposed to happen. You can't. Okay, look, with the exception of, of professional bodybuilders, high-level professional guys and guys who are so well-developed that unless they stay on something year-round, they're going to melt away. Unless you're at that level, you're making a life out of this. Uh, you shouldn't put yourself on TRT and, and be taking steroids on a weekly basis just to, like, go to the office and, like, go to work. And, you know, just doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay. Um, if you're competing in this, and not just a, a bullshit competitor, man, go nowhere. But, like, if you have aspirations to get on stage and win some shit, make a life out of this, Instagram, grind, whatever it is you want to do. If you're really about it, I can, I can see someone being able to justify doing this. You know, I, I could see maybe someone justifying it because... It's their life. It's it's their livelihood. It's their goals, their dreams, their lifestyle. But to just put yourself on TRT, permanent TRT, as a hobby, come on, man. Besides the expense and the actual damage to your health, we we've said it a bunch of times. Anytime you fuck with your endocrine system, you run a chance of maybe never being right again. You always run the chance. Every stereotype you do, you run the chance of just never being right again. You might do the cycle, PCT, be done. Then months later, your blood, uh, your bloods are out of whack. LHFA, FSH, free test, total test, everything out of whack. Things just don't fucking seem right. Dick doesn't feel right. And last cycle was finished just six months ago, a year ago. We get these questions a lot. It happens. So putting yourself on TRT. Taking it upon yourself to just stay on steroids, it's, it's, no, it's no bueno. It's not what you're supposed to do. It's not responsible use. It's not what it's supposed to happen. It's not what, what definitely not what Steve and I come up here and, re, and record this podcast twice a week for. We'd like to talk guys out of doing silly shit like that. So, no, it's not a good idea. It's not responsible. It's not what you should do. What if you have to get off steroids later and you've already ruined any possibility of your, of your body producing its own testosterone naturally and healthy? What if? So, yeah, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. And look, as far as it being easier, easier to stay on, yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, PCT, it's, it's, you have to, when you go through PCT, you go through some physical changes, emotional changes. The protocol, the timing of taking the drugs has to be on point. You have to take all your stuff. Five capsules a day of HC Generate. Go to HC Generate, guys. HCGenerate.com, guys. Um, yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It does take weeks and maybe months. It does take a lot of consistency, several different uh, compounds to recover yourself and get back from PCT. Blood tests to make sure you really are fine. Blood tests months and months later to make sure you continue to be fine. Yeah, all these things. Yeah, they're they're cumbersome, bothersome. It, it's something you just have to go through. Once you're off the steroids, you, you don't feel the same as when you're on them. Obviously, we know that, guys. But it is it is what the fuck it is. <laughs> you know, it is what how how the game goes. So yeah, that's that's my whole um, long answer on this. You know, I I always give professional guys a pass because when your livelihood is on the line, when being the best is on the line, when creating a legacy is on the line, it's been uh, it's been proven that real athletes, dedicated athletes, are willing to put a lot more of their health on the line than the regular person. And the regular person shouldn't put their, everything on the line, their health and everything over just a, a hobby that's really not going to get them anywhere. And, and that they, to be fair, guys, let's be fair, that you might just give up and cycle off of. So that, I guess that's my, uh, that's my long answer on this. Um, let me know what, what else you guys think. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is acne. And this is something that, um, you know, a lot of guys go through and it really, really sucks. And, um, you know, I've never had to go through this except like when I was a teenager, you know, and I had to deal with like breakouts and stuff. But um, a, a lot of people go out that and it's really, really, really sucks. It's one of the worst things you could go through. I think it's probably the second worst thing you could go through aside from gynecomastia. You know, because it's one of those things where you're, a lot of times it's it's very, very difficult to control. So there's, you know, there's all kinds of creams out there that I know people with acne use. And that kind of helps uh, just keeping the skin clean and, and exfoliating, I think is the word, and drying out the skin. All that can can help. And then there's the extreme of taking a drug like Accutane. And uh, the problem with Accutane is it comes with a lot of side effects. So really, it may not work as well as you want it to. And it also comes with a lot of side effects. So anyway, um, yeah, so this is something I think for Rick, I think you've, you've dealt with acne more in your life. So I think you can kind of fill in more information on this fill in the blanks. But yeah, steroid use, because steroid use are hormones, when your hormones fluctuate, a lot of guys will experience acne. Um, Oddly enough, sometimes coming off steroids is when they deal with the acne. That's that roller coaster of crashing and then running a PCT. Ironically, those changes can can happen. So, so fill us in the blanks, Rick. What's your advice on this one? Yeah, I've dealt with acne um, as a teenager and uh, now as a steroid user. Um, three things I found really work. One is going for a dip in the pool and tanning under the sun a couple times a week. Not, not a long time, 15, 20 minutes. If you are in a place where there's uh, winter, um, you can use the tanning bed, indoor pool at your local YMCA, <laughs> you know, just, uh, 
go and 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 do it up. Um, sauna seems to help a, a quite a bit as well. But yeah, the pool and, and the and the tanning. Why why the pool? Well, the pool's full of chlorine. You're being dipped in chlorine, basically. Um, in my opinion, that probably goes a long way in helping get rid of, of some of the bacteria to be just drenched and dripped in chlorine for, for 10, 15 minutes. Um, will go a long way in getting rid of a lot of the bacteria that causes it. And then being under the sun, the UV rays also have an effect on your skin and, and will help kill some of this bacteria. Um, I found tanning and tanning in the pool have kept my skin looking pretty, pretty nice. Um, and when I don't do those things, I tend to break out way more. Also, uh, in a pinch in an emergency coming up to a show, antibiotics. Antibiotics will actually help get rid of acne. I've heard of guys who compete taking some antibiotics, a course of antibiotics, a, a good week and change out from the show. Just stack them all with the steroids to dry up some of the acne so that they can go into the show uh, looking tight, looking big, and and with not uh, a lot of uh, agony. So those three things I found are really, for steroid-induced acne, probably the best and easiest treatments. And look, the dip in the pool and the UV, if you get yourself in a, in a, one of those really nice, nice, poshy gyms, just go into their hot tub pool. It'll be full of chlorine and use their tanning bed. This is for you guys that, that are, um, that live where it's really cold. Now, if you have summery kind of year round warm weather, there's pools everywhere. Your neighbor probably has a pool. You have probably have a, a, a whatever. It's the chlorine is the dipping in the chlorine along with the UV rays that in my opinion, if you're a steroid user, really helps. If you have other types of acne, teenage acne, different things, it might not be as effective, but I know for steroids, it's something that's continuously worked for me. That and, again, in a pinch, you're going on a trip, you're doing something special, you're going, whatever it is, just the damn antibiotics will clear the skin up pretty, pretty nicely. So give that a shot. Remember that song? If we did, 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 dip, we dip, we dip. That was big in your day, remember? Are you talking about uh, I put my hand up on your hip if I did? Yeah, yeah, dip? yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you should, like, know the song before you try to I'm bring it up. That was big saying. in your day. That was big. You used, to rock, you used to rock that song back in high school, right? Well, yeah. I went, I went to a predominantly uh, black and Latino high school, so obviously all these things are... Uh, all this stuff that was a style I, I came across. Yeah, that was a that was a song that was a thankful for a whole a summer. Big, I remember as a big hit in your yeah. I went I went to an urban school too. Went to an urban school too. That's yeah. All right, buddy. All right. The next one we're gonna talk about is going to be how much AI to use on cycle aromatase inhibitor. So this one, um, you know, we get this question a lot, and the, the reason we get this question a lot, I believe is because what ends up happening is, you know, there is no black and white answer to this. So, you know, at the end of the day, this is what I tell all guys, just to kind of cover my ass, I tell people just run blood work. 
Because if you run blood work, you'll be able to kind of get an idea of how your body reacts. But here's, here's the other tricky thing that I've noticed though, over the years doing this or looking at people's blood works, people change. Like you're 25 years old, you run steroids for the first time. You don't run an AI. Then you're 35 years old, you run steroids, exact same steroids, but then you do need an AI or vice versa. Maybe when you were 25, you didn't need an AI and 35, you do need an AI or vice versa. You may have needed one before you don't need one again. So, your body does change. So that's why this is like a complicated topic. And this is why you can just go post something like this on the forum and you can get like 150 different answers. Cause we're all going to be different. We all, you know, all our bodies are different where our, all our bodies operate different. Also you can factor in, you know, the compounds you're using, the steroids you're using, maybe your steroids are a little underdosed, maybe they're a little overdosed, maybe they're dosed correctly. Maybe your last cycle, you ran 500 milligrams of test and it was underdosed. So it was really half of that, you know? So you weren't getting as much aromatization in the body as you thought you were, you see? So you're like, oh, you know, I don't need an AI. I don't need as much as an AI. But then your next cycle, you run a different brand and it's dosed correctly or overdosed. And then you need to aromatize into a ton of estrogen, and then you end up with gynecomastia and you end up with water retention, right? So it really, really depends. So I tell people, you know, the way you can confirm this is if you're running a long ester of tests, wait about four weeks, go run blood work, and then you'll get an idea of how you're reacting to the AI. If your estrogen is too low, you need to back off the AI. If your estrogen is too high, you need to up your AI. If you're running uh, testosterone propanate, give it about week and a half, two weeks, I'd say about two weeks would be, would be perfect. Give it, give it a chance to build up in your system, reach peak levels, and then you can go get your, your blood work done. And that will give you an idea of, you know, how you're doing when it comes to uh, your, your AI. So the blood work, you know, is, is a black and white answer, but, it, but people answering you and giving you an idea of how much to use is not, it's more of a gray answer. And you're getting a lot of, poor anecdotal information when you do that based on their experiences, but not on your experiences. So it's always important to get the black and white answer dead on with, with the blood work. The blood work isn't going to lie. You know, the blood work isn't going to mislead you. So it's very, very important to, to do it that way. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on this one? So um, the way that I've dealt with anti-estrogens is, is this. I, I've, I had gynecomastia as a teenager just from puberty. I had hard lumps about the size of uh, a couple of small grapes under each nipple. Um, and I know that if I do any aromatizing compounds like testosterone dianabol, I'm going to experience some sensitivity my nipples that means could develop into gynecomastia i whenever i do cycles that include a, a, any of these aromatizing compounds i usually just do five to ten megs of novadex every day or sometimes 10 megs every other day just a tiny bit is enough to make sure i'm not going to have any side effects from as far as gynecomastia goes 
from some of these steroids. Once I do a little bit of Novadex, I'm I'm good to go. I'm I'm, I'm all set. I mean, if I if I, my estrogen climbs up, yeah, I'll have some some water retention, bloating. I could I could tell my knuckles will get a little chunky. Uh, my face uh, will get pretty red even during the workouts. Like I could see all these different signs of high estrogen along with the blood test. And then when it gets like that, when I'm running a cycle where um, I run a chance of having additional estrogen side effects I need to be concerned with that are not just going to come out still, then I'll start sneaking in that aromasin. Sneak in the aromasin, um, start with, with a, a lower dose climb your, your way up, go, go up from there. Just a good way to do it. Great, great way to do it. Great way to, to go about it. And it's worked for me. So um, what is the dosage to, to, um, to, for an anti-estrogen? Look, I've done as much as five to 10 milligrams of Novadex with about 12 MGs of aromasin EOD. You know, I've done that. I've done cycles like this and uh, had great results from it. So I would just uh, uh, start off there, start off really low with the anti-estrogens, give them a week or so for the side effects to go away. And if you still end up having some more, then, then go up, you know, go up from there. But my first go-to is 510 megs of Novadex every day or every other day. That's just enough to keep estrogen out of, out from under my nipples out from gynecomastia. Um, and once I've kept that side effect at bay, if I'm still experiencing bloating, water retention, all this stuff, then it's time to drop some aromasin to drop the overall test. That's the way I do it, guys. That's my advice. But I like what Steve had to say. And, and uh, definitely, um, like Steve said, things can change. Things can change big. You know, we... We're going to talk about it on, on our next uh, on our next question here, but I used Trembolone many times, did fine on it. And then one cycle, it, it knocked the crown of my hair off, just knocked that shit off. After you know having used it for a long time, never had any issues. And then one cycle, it happened. One cycle, it it it, it just so happened that one cycle. So anyway, that's just what I wanted to toss out there for you guys. What else do you have, Steve? Yeah, and at the end of the day, like, we need estrogen. Uh, those of you who listen to this podcast, obviously, you know this, but a lot of people may not know. We need estrogen in our body, but too much estrogen. There was a time on forums where because of the morons out there, on social media and stuff, because most of social media on this stuff is going to be morons. The people who get the most views are going to be the morons. You know, our show, we get a fair amount of views and thank you for everybody listening to the show, but we definitely don't get the amount of views as some of these other, I'll call them clowns out there. And so they can push their opinions and kind of move the bodybuilding industry a certain way. You know, so one of the things that was being pushed, this was a few years ago, was that estrogen being sky high didn't mean anything. And they're basically just saying, you know, so what? Estrogen is sky high. Go and get your uh, gynecomastia surgery. 
and um, you know, you're good. So don't even worry about your estrogen levels. That was, that was a thing that was going on. So a lot of guys started to just do that. You know, they started to just let their estrogen levels go. Now, the problem with that is that high, sky high estrogen does have issues besides the things that you may notice, like the itchy nipples, and gynecomastia symptoms, and, and the water retention, the bloat, and all that stuff. It also can, and I'm not trying to scare you, but it can and it will ignite some of those cancer cells in your body. That's why cancer survivors are typically giving, given, like breast cancer survivors are given tamoxifen, which is Novodex, for years post-cancer. Then, because they don't want to get a rebound in estrogen and that estrogen, they don't want to get a rebound in estrogen and that cancer coming back. So that's why you see women who have breast cancer taking, if any one of you know someone who has had cancer and we all have because cancer is rampant. So we all know someone who has, and you'll know that you'll, you'll, you know, they'll say that Novodex is a great, great drug. It's, it's one of the most essential drugs in the world. It's got very low side effects and it's saved millions of people, millions of people who've had uh, cancer, especially females, middle-aged females. So, um, so at the end of the day, like just letting your estrogen get out of control does have its detriments. And then on the flip side, letting overdoing your AI and crashing your estrogen also has detriments with your mood, being depressed, joint issues, you know, and, 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 and of course, you know, it can affect your libido and, and sexual health in general, erectile health. So if you've ever run, had to run Letro, for example, you've slammed your estrogen on Letro, right? And you notice all these side effects that I mentioned. So that is why it's very important to run the correct amount of your aromatized inhibitor. I recommend aromacin or aromatics. I do not recommend Letro, but it doesn't hurt to have Letro on hand just in case you run into trouble. You know, that's when you would have Letro. So, but anyway, you know, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the little, little keys that, that people understand about, um, about estrogen. So that's very, very important to, uh, to, to talk about that. So the next one we're going to talk about is value your hair. Uh, which steroids, you know, are, are not good for your hair? Which steroids are good for your hair? So, um, okay, so here's, here's the thing. All anabolic steroids are either testosterone derivatives or they're DHT derivatives, right? Um, I'm not going to say all, but most. So I would say most all of them are going to have some sort of effect on your hair, but certain ones are worse. And certain ones that you stack are absolutely horrible. The worst one I ever ran, the worst stack was Tremblone and, and Winstrol. And when I was running Tremblone and Winstrol, it was interesting when I would take a shower and I shampoo my hair. And I looked down at my hands and it'd be hair all over my hands that was coming off my scalp. And that was freaky. 
that was freaky because I've never experienced that. I've always had a, a you know lot of hair, so that was kind of freaky. Now on the flip side, one of the steroids that is more hair safe are the nandrolones. So nandrolone, phenylpropionate, and the decadurabolin, and that's because of the atom change. It is a testosterone derivative with an atom change. So the atom change actually uh, takes away the DHT issues that are found in just straight testosterone. So if you run a bunch of testosterone, it can also obviously shed your hair because it will convert at a higher level to DHT in the body, dihydrotestosterone. So dihydrotestosterone going up in your body will directly fry your head hair follicles. Um, it won't do the same to your body hair, unfortunately. I mean, believe me, I, I wish it was the case, you know? I wouldn't waste all, all this money on laser hair removal and having to shave myself so constantly. So unfortunately, it's not your body hair, but it's your head hair. So I want to bring in Rick, though. Rick, you're the, you're the head hair expert. So tell us a little bit about that and what we can do to kind of help. Um, yeah, I wouldn't call myself a head expert. I just, I gave up on it right away. As soon as it got a little bit clear, I, I didn't want to be, be one of these guys, uh, uh, you know, brushing it to the side, to the front, to the back. It's just fuck it, get rid of it. Rock a stubble. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, I have worked with many, many guys throughout the years who have different issues with their hair. I make a, a, a product now, you know, years and years after I lost my own hair, I started making a product called N2 Shampoo. You guys can go to N, the number two, shampoo.com. N is in Nancy, number two, shampoo.com. N2 Shampoo, great product. Uh, it contains caffeine and emo oil. It, it blocks the DHT, the dehydrotestosterone from the receptors at the hair follicle. It's just a great, great overall all-around product to use. And yeah, basically, when it comes to... um to your hair, uh, just keeping your doses low, keeping track of it, taking some progress pictures of your hair <laughs> along with your body, and just staying from some of the major culprits of giving you that those issues. Um, high doses of testosterone, if you don't take something like for an asteroid or Propecia, for a Proscar, if you're afraid of, of losing your hair, you're going to get some conversion to the hydrotestosterone via the fiber ductase enzyme of that testosterone. It's going to become dehydrotestosterone. It's going to knock your hair out. A windstroke can knock some of your hair out too. Trembolone can knock some of your hair out. A lot of females use primobolin, primobolin depot. That'll make you lose some hair for sure. So just making sure that you're using the right things uh, for your goals is very important. And if you're really concerned about your hair, if you're really concerned about not losing uh, uh, your good head of hair and you identify that you're prone to male pattern baldness from steroids, because some guys are not, man. Some guys are really not prone to issues with male pattern baldness from steroids. We see them on the Mr. Olympia stage all the time. Not everybody is prone to this. I follow some some um, Instagram and YouTubers that I know are on a ton of fucking juice and they got full heads of hair. But if you've identified you're one of those folks like me, 
who's, who's bound to lose their hair eventually anyway, and steroids are just bringing it on a lot sooner, you know, you can definitely take you know, use Enter Shampoo, uh, uh, stack it up with Nizeral Shampoo, and then use some Rogaine, and then use, you know, you can use Propecia, um, or, and, or, Stay away altogether from the cycles and the high dosages of the stuff that can actually knock your hair out. Really make it a marathon. Really make it slow progress little by little. Really just, you know, do it that way. And um, and you don't have to worry about losing all your hair so quickly. Yeah, that reminds me of the other song from your day, too. Knock you out. Y'all talking about knocking out here. Mama said, knock you out. Remember that one? I was big in your day, too. You're probably like, what, 11 or 12? Who sings that? Who, who sings that song? I don't know, bro. LL Cool J. Yeah. You know, you're a funny dude because you kind of know about, about some of these songs, but you don't really, really know them. And, and you said you went to a uh, you went to an urban high school, you call it? Yeah, but that, that, that song didn't come out when we were in high school. That song came out when we were like fucking 10 or 11, bro. That, that's like early 90s. That song, when that song came out, I remember the first time I watched, I seen the video for that yeah. song on, on MTV. I didn't speak English yet. I didn't, we, we just arrived. I didn't speak English yet. And even though I liked the song, the whole thing, I didn't understand what he was saying until until much, much, much later, you know, when I learned English and I yeah. listened to the It song. says release date September 1990. Yeah, I was. Um, that's that's the year. That's the year that I uh, I arrived in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. You came by the banana boat. <laughs> you know that's um that's not that's not PC to to make um yeah, to make yeah. just edit that one out. It's not it's not very. PC. I'm I'm not. People need to see the real Steve. See what you really like. So I'm not editing that one. <laughs> you came on the Mar- the Mario boat lift. <laughs> people, people need along to with see Tony what, Montana, you came. You were on the boat with Tony Montana. People they need to see what, you. what the real Steve is like. Fidel, Fidel uh, sprung you. What the real Steve Schmi is really like, off off camera. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the fifth? Are we doing when, a fifth topic when, or not? When he's not, when he's not being recorded. <laughs> Are we doing a fifth topic or is that it? Um, I don't know, man. Um, um, let me let me think real quick. Yeah, let's let's um let's do a fifth one, a fun one. I don't I don't know. Let, let's let's do let's let's do a quick fifth one, a quick fun one. You got anything in mind? I'm not editing any of this out, so mind your piece. Uh, let's see. How about uh, you want to talk about uh, best steroids for pumps? For pumps? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, look, everything. All these fucking steroids get get give me improved pumps. But I noticed stuff like Dianabol, um, just straight testosterone is also great for pumps. You know, I think some of the more aromatizing compounds, in my opinion, give me some of like skin burst and pumps. Obviously, Trambolone, Winstrol, Anavar, they make you give you really hard pumps, very hard, hard pumps. But those, those puffy, big, stretch to skin pumps, really like your Dianabols, Anadrols, testosterone is really, really going to do that. You know, you stay on equipoise long enough, you'll probably experience some of that too. Um, but uh, uh, that, that's what I found for pumps. And and look, just take my pre-workout N2KTS. Go to needtobuildmuscle.com, click on the pre-workouts. I have some really good pre-workouts there. 
that are uh, definitely going to give you some skin bursting pumps. You know what's also great for pumps too, uh, Steve? Um, Cialis. Cialis. A lot of guys take it for their dick. But I tell you, man, if you take like little five milligrams, 10 milligrams of Cialis, um, you know, every other day, you know what I mean? Your, your fucking pumps in the gym, your workouts are just going to be incredible. I mean, incredible pumps. Cialis. You stack that with a pre-workout like mine to KTS. Man, you could be natural, not be on any steroids. Little, little 10 migs of uh, Cialis every other day, every third day even, you could even go. And, uh, and to KTS, my pre-workout. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to experience some uh, skin bursting pumps. What I noticed, certain steroids with me give me pumps different spots. D-Bowl gives me pumps in my calves, lower legs. Sometimes even in the front of my calves, I'm doing a lot of cardio. Anavar gives me pumps in my lower back. Trend gives me pumps like all over, especially upper body. Like, like uh, if I'm doing high reps on trend, like the trend pumps are nothing like the other steroid pumps. That's what I've noticed. So um, you'll notice, you know, some of these steroids, they, they give you different types of pumps. But you mentioned Equipoise. I never got pumps in Equipoise at all. I think that's one of the benefits of Equipoise if you like to do a lot of cardio. Because you'll do a lot of cardio and you won't get pumps. Because if you, do, if you get pumps while you're doing cardio, it's going to ruin. I can't, I can't run if I'm getting pumps. I'll get lower back pumps. I'll get lower leg pumps. So that's one of the benefits at EQ. It just doesn't give you those pumps. So you're able to I hope run. I'm, I hope I'm not attributing um, to EQ something that a, a different steroid did for me. But um, I've always noticed that I, I think my blood volume is higher on EQ when I stay on it for long than other steroids. I mean, I, I've got to go donate blood. Once I've been on EQ for a couple of months, I've got to, you know, get blood drawn. I, I, I'm able to just get my blood drawn out. I don't really do the whole um, donating, but, the, you know, I call it that. Um, I think it just has that effect on blood volume and, and red blood cells. And it's really when you, when you use it for a long time, you know, 10 weeks, 12 weeks that I think you really, really begin to, to, to notice it, um, notice the difference. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've noticed, um, if you get your blood work done, you'll notice that your blood blood cell counts will go up on any anabolic steroid. It's not just EQ. So I'm not really sure, um, why people start saying only EQ raises red blood cell count. I think that was just something like someone posted on a forum like 20 years ago and everyone just started copying that or something, or maybe like one of these gurus 25 years ago said it, said it. And, and, but like any anabolic steroid will, will raise your uh, red blood cell count. That's just, that's just how they work. I mean, they were designed for, for anemia. So most of them were in some way. So, um, You'll notice that for sure. But uh, yeah, it is a good idea to donate blood regardless of, of what you use. So a lot of people need it. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people need, are, are sitting there waiting for your blood. I, um, I saw a show <clears throat> about this, um, actually a baby and the baby was born and they told the mom, they're like, look, you know, your baby needs a transfusion. And um, unfortunately, like we can't, none of your 
you know, immediate family matches the blood. We need, we need the blood, uh, you know, whatever your blood type is or whatever, whatever the baby's blood type is. So they, um, luckily some guy got called like at 2 a.m. in the morning, he's sitting in bed, he got a call and they told him, you know, we, you know, can you come down to the hospital right away? You know, we need, we need you to do a blood transfer. And so he went down there, he sat in the room with the baby, they connected them, they did the transfusion and basically he saved the baby's life. And then um, he went home. So then uh, years later, the baby ended up growing up and uh, learning about that story. So she tried to find the guy who had, um, who had done the, the blood transfusion and uh, she was not able to. So um, they, they don't, they don't, you know, there was no way to track them down. So uh, that, that's just a good good holiday heartwarming story, but it's very important to, uh, to donate blood for that reason. Um, they say every time you donate blood, uh, you save three lives. So it's very, very important. And speaking of which tomorrow, guess what I'm going to do tomorrow is a Saturday morning. Guess what I'm going to do on my Saturday morning. I'm going to go donate blood. So it's very, very important to donate, but there's people waiting right now for to get heart transplants, kidney transplants. They're on a list. They're basically wilting away and they're waiting for basically someone to, um, you know, get into a car accident or something where they can get their um, donate their organs to them. So it's yeah, if, if uh, it's it's kind of scary. It happened to uh, former NBA player Alonzo Warning. Uh, he needed a kidney transplant. I believe it was a kidney transplant. And he you know, waited and waited and waited. And some dude in North Dakota of all places was a match. So the dude gave up one of his kidneys for, uh, for Alonzo morning and say, basically saved the guy's life. The guy was, um, you know, I think he was like in his early forties or something. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, you hear about stories like that all the time. So what, you know, I'm not saying go donate your kidney obviously, but, um, you know, just go donate blood. It's good. It's good. It's good for you. It's good for your community. And, and someone, mm -hmm. um, there's going to be someone, you know, tonight getting in a car accident and they need a, they need your blood. They need a transfusion or a baby that's born and needs a transfusion that needs some blood, you know? So that's, uh, that's where you uh, can help your community. It's a, it's our job. It's our job as the healthiest people in our community to go, to go donate blood. You know, it can make a, it makes a huge difference. And a lot of people just don't get it. They don't get how important it is. It's not advertised how important it is, but it, you know, what I'm telling you guys is, is, is the, you know, is the truth and that there's people right now sitting in a hospital bed waiting <laughs> for the blood, you know? So yeah, definitely go do it guys. Uh, go to oneblood.org. And you can donate. And the nice thing about it, that's the, the number one thing about it that I love is the next day you can go back on the website and they'll post your blood pressure, your iron, your cholesterol, all kinds of free things that you would have to pay lots of money to go get blood work done for. They will post that on there so you can track your blood pressure, your cholesterol, and all that good stuff. So when I've given blood on trend, my cholesterol levels have been like 225, total cholesterol, 225, 230. When I'm off a of trend, when I'm off of gear, 
it's as low as like 140, 150. So that is why it's so important to cycle on and cycle off these steroids because your cholesterol levels will go crazy on anabolic steroids. Absolutely crazy. So you have to come off. Just imagine the first topic we talked about, Rick, the guy staying on. Just imagine year round your cholesterol levels being that high. You will, you will not may, you will eventually get a stroke from that because your arteries are going to get clogged up and your heart is going to just be working over time. It's just not going to happen. When your cholesterol levels are that high, it means your body is toxic. Your body is toxic. So that's just not going to fly. For you to be on for years, even one year straight or six months straight and have your cholesterol always strained, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to come back to bite you. So yeah, that's definitely a good lesson, but yeah, donating blood is, is really good. It really knocks down your, you're talking about red blood cell count, knocks it down a peg or two. And it really, really makes a, a big difference. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get knocked out pretty good. If you donate um, whole blood, it's not very much, but if you donate plasma, I think plasma, don't quote me on this. I think if you donate plasma, it's universal, but it takes a long time. It takes like 40 minutes to donate plasma, but it's universal. So anybody can, can use your blood, I believe. But um, if you just want to go in and out, just tell them, hey, whole blood, 10, 15 minutes, boom, you're done and you're out of there. All right. So, yeah, I think we hit really uh, five good topics, man. Anything else you want to add before we let you go? I think this is a good show, man. Yeah, episode 453 Q&A. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.